Yeah, I woke up this morning. I said, I get to go to the church today. I get to go to the house of God. I get to go to the prayer room. Hallelujah. I get to go be with the people of God. God's great people. I give double honor to my pastor tonight. I give honor to his family. I give honor to this great church. I love y'all. Thank y'all. When you found it, say amen. Psalm 46 and verse 1. Very simple, short, quick. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now put your Bibles aside and pray with me. Just continue in the vein of that sweet spirit that we already feel. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Ghost, God. Thank you for, the, for your wonderful spirit, God. Lord, anoint my lips, God, and their ears to hear, Lord. And God, dig into fertile ground today, God. Lord, let there come forth, Lord. Let there be good soil, Lord, that this is falling in, Lord. And let, let it bring forth a hundredfold harvest. God, let the words that I speak, Lord, let them only be what you would have me to say. For the glory of God and the church said, Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My title is going to be, God is in the midst of our trouble. God is in the midst of our trouble. As I was praying and as I was studying over the course of time and putting this together, I, I couldn't help but, but think about Grandpa Ulysses Montpelier whenever, oftentimes when he would give testimony in this church, and many of you that went to church with him and, and remember this, oftentimes he would quote this scripture right here. Oftentimes, he would say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And I thought about that, and I thought about the great men and women of God that have gone on before us, and my Lord, and the shoulders that we stand upon today, and the giants of the faith, and my God, and like your uncle, and, and like the different ones, and isn't, isn't it a marvelous thing to know that God is our help? He is our strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. The New Living Translation says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. I kind of like the plural there because trouble ain't going to come one time. Trouble's going to come often. We're going to have lots of troubles. What did Job say? Life is short and it's full of trouble. And I'm kind of putting a little catahoula on that. But anyway, it's short. It's full of trouble. But hey, we got a God that's with us. The, the, what we got to do, we can't focus on the trouble. We got to focus on our God. That's what David meant when he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Don't magnify your problem. Magnify your God. The preacher says it often. He's a big God. He ain't going to get no bigger. But we need to magnify him. We need to make him as big as we need him to be. Because sometimes the problems are beyond our control. Sometimes they're beyond the human control. They're beyond what we can do. They're beyond our reach. But it's, they're never beyond his reach because his arm is not short. And we don't trust in the arm of flesh today. I was thinking that mainly in this teaching, this message about 
God is in the midst of our church. This is for the converted. I'm talking to the church today. I mean, many of you have been through way more trouble than I have, so I'm not going to try to to teach above myself. I'm not going to try to put myself in your shoes today. As a matter of fact, you're the example that I follow. I mean, you're the example that I have watched. I mean, I was 29 years old when I came here, and I believe me, I caused most of my own trouble. But I don't want to really focus on that part today. I want to look at the fact that that we all, the church, the kingdom of God, the the Holy Ghost-filled people, I want to teach to us today. But this could apply to anybody. It could apply to the lost. It could apply to somebody that's just started a relationship with the Lord. But it also could apply with somebody that's been serving the Lord 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Why? Because the old men, when I was growing up on the farm and when I was working in the oil field and when I was everywhere I went and in the church, the old people would say, if you're not learning something every day, you're doing something wrong. There's nothing new under the sun. We know that. There's nothing new under the sun. But, hey, you can teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, (laughs) that's not in the Bible, by the way. But anyway, I still like it. But you know what? We don't come to the house of God. We don't go to the prayer room praying, God, send me trouble. Lord, send me trouble. God, I want trouble this week. I mean, is there anybody in here that does that? I don't. I can tell you right now, I don't. I don't ask for trouble. I, I don't. At least I don't pray and ask God for trouble. But I can tell you this, it's going to come. You live long enough, you're going to have trouble. And if you live for God... And you try to do anything for the Lord, anything significant. You try to pray for somebody. You try to teach a Bible study. You try to witness to your neighbor. You try to live for God, and you're going to find out, hey, there's going to be trouble, but praise God, we got a God that's with us. When the enemy will come in like a flood, he'll raise up a standard against the enemy. He'll put a barrier around us. What a God we serve. Hallelujah. I love the fact that God is with us. No matter what we go through today, no matter. And you know what? Even if I do bring it on myself, you know what? Guess what? He's in the middle of that trouble too. Because all things work together for good to them that love God. He's a good God today, my Lord. He's, and He's always in the midst of our trouble. No, we might sin. God didn't cause the trouble. But you know what? You get a red-hot church service going and you get people praying and you get people coming in and they get up here and they go to lifting up their hands, guess what? God's going to get in the middle of their trouble pretty quick. And it won't take but a little while. They're prayed through to the Holy Ghost. They're right back where they were. Hey, God told me, he said, I hate to have to go back because I have to start all over. I said, no, you don't. That's a lie from the devil. I said, you need to quit believing the lies of the devil. I said, because if you built a house, you started building it, or you built it all the way. And let's just say, let's don't put a bunch of crazy scenarios in there. Tornadoes and hurricanes didn't come tear it down. You just built it and you left. It's still there. Guess what? When you go back, the house is still going to be there. I mean, look, God wants you to come back to the Father's house. That's all that matters. There's nobody here that's going to be casting stones at you. Hey, when you come here and you get ready, you come to an altar in the middle of your trouble, 
We're going to take those stones and we're going to be throwing them at the devil like David did. We're not going to be casting stones at you. And that's the church. That's the house of God because we're the people of God. I got to thinking a lot of times when trouble comes, my automatic, for me at least, my automatic reaction is panic, panic mode. <laughs> if I had the panic button here, trouble, panic, trouble, panic. But I mean, what the Lord's telling me and what he's saying to me is for the believer is, is when trouble comes, you need to say, trouble, Jesus, trouble, Jesus. You need to start looking around because when there's trouble, I mean, what did the three Hebrews, when they threw them into the fire, what did they do? The Bible said they fell down on their knees. I think they fell down on their knees because they was crying out to God. That's what I think. Trouble, they called upon the Lord. And the old king, what did he see? He saw a fourth man in the middle of their trouble. Every time we have trouble, the fourth man shows up. But we got to cry out to him. The Lord said, all you got to do is cry out and I'll show up. Psalm 46, and I'm going to try to teach. The trouble the psalmist speaks of is the, is the word, it's the same for the word for tribulation or trial or distress. He's quite literally going through tribulation right then, right now. He's in the moment. He's in the heat of the moment, right in the moment of it. In the Greek, the Old Testament translations, the meaning is God is our refuge and strength, a helper. The Greek translation says he's a helper in trials, in tribulations. And these trials are exceedingly excruciating, going back to what was happening here. Notice the word helper. The Holy Ghost is referred to as the comforter in the New Testament. But if you look at that word comforter, it's the same as helper. Jesus said in John 14, 26, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall show you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The English Standard Version says, but the Helper. He says, the Helper, the Holy Ghost, the Father will send him in my name. So you see, he didn't leave us comfortless. He didn't leave us without a Helper. He said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. If we're in Him, He's in the midst of our trouble. It don't matter what it is. It doesn't make any difference. You fill in the blank. I've got this blank trouble. God's in the middle of that trouble. God's in the midst of our trouble. And some of you could get up here and teach it better than I could. You know why? Because you've been through some horrendous trouble. Some of you have been through trouble, troubling times. But you say, well, why? Why, do I, why did I have to go through that? Because God's trying to do something in us. He's working in us a far greater. I mean, hey, we're the clay. He's the potter. We're on the wheel. He, sometimes the pressure, sometimes, sometimes the trouble, sometimes God allows it to be sent so that we can be molded, molded into the image of Jesus Christ. Because, hey, we got heaven to gain. We got earth to shun. There's nothing on this earth that I want. I don't want to attach myself to anything here that's going to keep me from going to that place up yonder. I'm telling you, I, I, and I'm not just trying to boast in that. I've come to a place where, Lord, if there's anything that's holding me back, show me. Lord, if there's anything that's causing me, Lord, if I'm causing trouble in my life, Lord, if there's anything that I'm doing, Lord, I need you to help me. Lord, please send the helper, God. 
Lord, reveal to me, lead me and guide me into all truth. Show me, Lord, what I'm doing wrong. Lord, send the helper because I'm in trouble. My Lord. The Bible study commentary said this. It said, God is the one who protects us. We know that. The world looks to their armies. They look to their physical fortresses. But Israel's boast was in Jehovah. Our boast is in Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, the one true and the living God. Just like Brother Curtis Ray used to tell me. I mean, I can remember going through a troubling time, and I can remember being at the altar, and I can remember just not knowing what to do. And I was, I just, I felt the pressure of it. I felt, God, I don't know if I can make it through this. And I remember that man slipped up beside me, and he said, when you don't know what to do, just say this, there is but one God, and his name is Jesus. When you don't know anything else, just say there is but one God, and his name is Jesus. And I did that for the next, I don't know how many weeks. Every time I had trouble, I would say that. I'd say there is but one God, and his name is Jesus. There is but one God, and his name is Jesus. Behold Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you will serve him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Instead of focusing on my trouble, I tried to focus on the Word of God. Because we're not saved by horses and chariots. We're saved by the Lord our God. It's not by power nor by might. It's by my spirit, says God. We can't do it on our own today, church. We can't do it. Sister Carolyn, good to see you. I mean, I just got through talking to Sister Carolyn. She's a perfect example. I mean, look at the trouble she's had here lately. But God, she told me her own testimony. She said, the Lord has brought me out of this pit. My God, what a God we serve today. Hallelujah. There's a living testimony right there. God's in the midst of our trouble. Hallelujah. The devil can't do anything unless God lets him. Remember Job? God said, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all the earth. He's perfect and upright. The devil can't do nothing without God giving permission. And I thought about that. If I'm living right, if I'm doing everything I know to do, I'm, none of us are perfect. There's nobody perfect here. There's only one perfect. That's Jesus. But if we're doing everything we know to do, we're walking with God. We pray, we seek the Lord, we do everything I know to do. And then trouble comes. I just throw my hands up in the air and I do like Peter did, Brother Spanky. I mean, I, Peter was looking at Jesus. Jesus was walking on the water and, and he said, Jesus, and Peter said, is that you, Lord? And he said, it is I. Bid me come to you. He started walking to him. I mean, he had faith there for a minute. He was doing good. I come out of a red-hot church service on Sunday or Wednesday night. Man, I'm doing good. Jesus is walking on the water. I'm walking toward him. All of a sudden, I start sinking. <laughs> and then what? Trouble. Jesus, what did he do? He saved him. He does us the same way. I mean, because he's the same God. He's a good God. He's a good God, and we serve we serve a mighty God. Psalm 27 and 5 said, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. The Benson commentary, I love what it had to say about this. 
It's, this verse is comparing him to being hid in the same place as the Holy of Holies. Can you imagine a more safer place than the Holy of Holies? I mean, yeah, and the priest, once a year, he was the only one that could go in there. But praise God, when Jesus on the cross, whenever he gave up the ghost and the veil of the temple was rent, we all have access to that now, thank God, through the Holy Ghost. And we have access to all of the securities and the protections of the Lord. I mean, my God, there's none like him in all the earth. The writer goes on to describe him. He said, he shall set me upon a rock, upon a place so high it's inaccessible, so strong and impregnable that nobody can reach it, so high that nobody can get to it. That's what the commentary that's what the comparison was. They talked about Nehemiah. Nehemiah in chapter 6 and verse 10, the scripture said that he was hid in the temple. The Bible said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut up the doors of the temple. He was safe in the temple of God. And can I say today that we're even more safe today? And let me read it because I'll mess it up. The safety of the Christian believers is not in walls of temples, but in the God of the temple. We serve the God of the temple today because we have a better and a greater and a more excellent tabernacle than what they had. My Lord Christ being the tabernacle. And we have access to everything we need. Trouble, God. Trouble, Jesus. Whatever. He's in the middle of my trouble, no matter what it is. The solution to Psalm 27.5 is found in Psalm 28 verses 6 through 7. Here's the solution. Quite simple. Cry out. Pretty easy. So what do you do when your children get in trouble? What do they do? What do they do? They cry out. And what do we do? We help them. We intervene. I mean, the Bible said even a wicked man gives his children good gifts. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask? My Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what we're here for. We're here perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We're here being washed by the water of the word. We're here. We're the bride of Christ. We're going to be presented as a, as a bride without spot or blemish. And we're going to take as many of them as we can. That's a part of what the trouble is about. Because God says that whenever he, he allows trouble to come, he's doing something in us to get us to stop thinking about ourselves to stop thinking about the trouble that we're going on, that we're going through, and start focusing on God and start focusing on somebody else. To quit look, if, we, if we begin to think about somebody else, if we start focusing on others, we'll forget about our problem. It reminds me of that little acronym, JOY, Jesus, others, then yourself. I mean, if I'll think about somebody else, if I'll go somewhere down the road, if I'll pray and God, lead me. I love what Brother Mangan prays. Brother Mangan says he prays a simple prayer. Lord, lead me and guide me to the hungry hearts in my community. And how many hundreds has that man won to the Lord? Simple, simple prayer. We have the answer. They're in the middle of trouble. Come on in here. We got the answer. We know what you need. We got what you need. Psalm 34, 6 says this poor man cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The Barnes commentary has this to say, this is not necessarily a poor person monetarily, though it could be. In this situation, the real crux of the matter is this. 
the poor, the afflicted, persecuted man cried out. The language bears out in the psalm, he's not poor in the sense of wealth. He's poor in the sense of being afflicted, being crushed, being forsaken, being desolate. The writer of the text here in the commentary goes on to say that a better word than poor would be miserable. He is just miserable. I'm talking about this miserable man. He is going through a very hard time. He is going through a very difficult time, probably feeling something that we probably had never felt before. But praise God for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul had this to say in 2 Corinthians 4.8. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. The world's looking on. My God, I remember what he went through. You remember that? Yeah, I know. They went through hell. They went through Hades. They went through a time. Brother Doyle, he went, you remember that, when he had that COVID stuff? He almost died. He was on the ventilator. He wasn't supposed to live. But that church prayed, and then God healed him. Hey, I'm in trouble. I think I'll go to them. See, God's always in the middle of our trouble. He always is. He's always there. He's a present help in time of trouble. And that's not just a, a cliche. That is something that we ought to live by. That ought, I mean, no matter where we go, if we're on the job or if we're in the market or wherever we're at, let's be sensitive to the Lord because God will show us. He'll show us things. I mean, you know, not just when trouble shows up do I panic. Sometimes I flat out sin. I'm just, I'm not trying to, I promise. I just, every now and then I make a mistake walking in this shoe leather. I had gotten my TSA pre-check. I'd gotten my application filled out, and I was supposed to go down to Lafayette. So I had to have two forms of, of uh, identification, and then I had to be there at 11 o'clock. So I had my driver's license, and I had my passport. I had everything laid out, and we got up to go, and we got to Texaco Town, and uh-oh, forgot my passport. Oh, man. So I knew. I said, well, we can't make it. We can't make it to our appointment. So we turned around, and we came back home. And I, I was aggravated. I mean, I was, this, oh, man, this is aggravating. I'm, uh, you know, I mean, and I whipped the truck around, and I was just aggravated. I'll just put it at that. I know some of y'all don't get aggravated, but I did. I got aggravated big time. I mean, I'm talking about I was aggravated. <laughs> so I said, man, you know. So we get to going home, and Judy got the check, and she said, you can walk. Just walk in in Vicksburg. You can walk in and get it. And I said, well, Vicksburg's closer anyway. I said, let's just go to Vicksburg. So here we went. Got my passport. We went to Vicksburg. In the middle of all this trouble, here I am hitting the panic mode. Panic, panic. <laughs> Instead of, all right, Lord. I know this is a simple, simple story, but I'm getting somewhere with it. 
We get over there. We go in in less than 10 minutes. I had it. <laughs> I mean, I was finished with it. And then the Lord just really began to work me over. I'm telling you. And God started talking to me. And I repented. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I mean, right in the truck, Judy knows. I started weeping and crying. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And God started talking to us. And I said, let's go to that mall over there. So we went. And in the middle of all that trouble, I started listening to God. I, I quit listening to myself, and I started listening. I quit focusing on me and me being selfish, and it's all about me, you know. Hey, wait a minute. God's trying to do something. I told Judy, I said, you remember the last time when we went to Charleston and we was delayed 12 hours and I got so mad? She said, yeah, yeah, how could I forget? And I said, well, I said, we got there that night. We walk into the hotel lobby, and we didn't do nothing. We wasn't praying. We wasn't fasting. We wasn't doing a thing in the world. These ladies, one lady comes running out from behind the, the counter, and she says, I want to help y'all. I want to help y'all. And I said, we need help. I can tell you that. I said, we, we've had a rough day. So... So she comes out, and she says, well, I can tell y'all are visitors and all that. And she starts getting these pamphlets. I don't think we ever even got the pamphlets. She was going to show us where to go. She said, uh, do y'all go to church? Well, yeah, we sure do. I said, I'm glad we were acting right for a minute here. And so, so anyway, so the lady starts just pouring out her heart. She had trouble, Sister Verdice, and all, all of a sudden, this ain't about me, you know. Uh, we were delayed, but, but God was trying to do something else. If I could just learn how to listen, Lord, I'm sorry. And we didn't do nothing. I'm telling you, we didn't do nothing. God gets all the glory in that situation. You see what I'm saying? I mean... She said, I need prayer. Y'all forgive me. I told Brother Stevenson that wouldn't happen. Oh, Lord Jesus. Trouble, trouble Jesus. Help us, Lord. So, so there we was. But the lady, she, and, and I told her, I said, well, we'll pray for you. Like, you know, you know, like what we do all the time. I'm going to pray for you. I'll do it tomorrow or whatever. And the Holy Ghost said, pray for her right now. Well, we prayed for her. And when I tell you, she got the Holy Ghost in the middle of the one of these ritzy, uptown, fancy, with all these people in the background, suits, ties, you name it, gold apparel, diamonds, whatever. Right in the middle of the lobby, this lady got the Holy Ghost, was out in the middle of the floor. I'm talking about talking in tongues like nothing I've ever seen before. I said, my God, all we did was show up. I mean, we didn't do nothing. It's God. We can't give it to him anyway. But if we'll listen to the Lord, like Brother Billy Cole used to say, I just go where God said go. He gives them the Holy Ghost. Hey, we're not him. We don't have to be him. We're, you're you. I'm me. 
We're who we are. That's what God wants us to be. I mean, you know what? And he takes all of our flaws and all of our failures and all of our shortcomings and all of our temper tantrums, praise God, and he uses them for his glory. What a God we serve. Hallelujah. We was in Vicksburg. Same thing happened. We get over there. I'm not doing nothing. Trust me, I've already had a bad day. I mean, I've already acted like an idiot. I'm sorry. I have to be honest. Bible said to be honest. <laughs> I'm being honest. So here we are. Same thing. I'm minding my own business, not trying to bother with anybody. But I knew God told me to go there, and I'm looking around. And some, something's going on. God's up to something. I done repented. So, so yeah, we get over there. <laughs> And I and this this lady and this man, this other lady, they come up and they said, Do you work here? And I said, No, I don't work here. They said, You know anything about suits and ties and all that? And I said, Yeah. I said, I wear suits every time I go to church, every time the doors open. I said, What what do you need? Well, he ain't wore a suit in twenty years. What size do you think he'd wear? And I don't know a whole lot, but I said he wear a 38. I believe God gave it to me in that moment. They, they went over there and they put the 38 on him and bam, they said, you know a lot about suits. I said, well, I don't know about that. And so I went on, went on about my business. Every time I turned around, there they were. They need this. They need that. Then Brother Glenn, they started, can you all pray for us? And Judy made it over there. Do y'all go to church? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We go to church. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. My Lord. I mean, he's in the middle of our trouble. They started pouring out to us. And we started, we prayed with them. And then they said, can y'all teach us a Bible study? Yeah, we can. Yes, we can. With God's help, we can. And we, you know what? We're going to follow up. We're going to keep pursuing that. But God was in the middle of our trouble. He was in the middle of their trouble. Because God's in the midst of our trouble. He's in the midst of our trouble, church. I want y'all, we're going to wrap up here pretty quick. I want y'all to think in your mind. Just, just close your eyes and think about a house. Think about the story of the child that was born blind. Think about the mom and the daddy. Think about there's a little, there's a house, big house, little house, whatever, any kind of house. There's a mom and daddy. They're doing all they know to do to live for God. They're doing everything they can to live right. They, they have this, this little boy, and over a period of time, it's revealed that he's blind. And all you know, and then they start raising him. They cook, they clean, they they're mom and daddy, and they're just living life. And then all of a sudden people start saying, What did they do wrong? That child was born blind. Somebody did something wrong. Isn't that the human tendency? And, and then all of a sudden, one day the child meets Jesus, and there they are. And the same thing happened. People asked Jesus, they said, who sinned? 
Jesus said, nobody sinned. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm in the middle of the trouble. I showed up. This child was born blind that the glory of God might be revealed. That's what it was all about. Let me tell you another one right quick. Tell you a story. Think again for just a minute. This time about the, the prodigal. Think about the prodigal. Think about the prodigal son, daughter, son, daughter, sons, daughters. There's a mama, there's a daddy. They're doing everything they know to do. They're trying to live for God. They're cooked, they clean, they teach them, they do the best they can. They, they're not real good at it. They teach them, though. Acts 2.38, Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They, they do the best they can. And then one day, the children, they get older. And guess what? I want to leave. Give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. I'm leaving the Father's house. I'm gone. Nothing you can do about it. And then all of a sudden, who sinned? They messed up. Somebody messed up. And you know what? They did. Because we're human. We all make mistakes. There's none of us that are perfect. The Bible said there's none good. No, not one. That kind of covers it all, don't it? But then here's the rest of the story. God's in the middle of that trouble. Hey, some of you got prodigals. Some of you know prodigals. I walked in there the other day, and I I got the, the door jam of, of my boy's bedroom, and I laid my hand on it. And I said, God, you're the author and finisher of our faith. He that begun a good work, oh, Lord, that boy got the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. Lord, there's a second part of that verse that says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and all them that are far off, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's the word of the Lord, church. <laughs> Didn't nobody always, sometimes things just happen. Everybody here is thinking about something right now. I know you are, because I am. Let's just stand together for just a minute. We're going to be done in five minutes. God can do more as quick as we can blink our eye. He can do more. I heard an old preacher say that, that one touch of God's favor is better than a thousand years of man's labor. All it takes is one touch of the master's hand. If there's anybody that's, that's got a situation, you're troubled, or you know somebody that's troubled, or you want to pray for your children or whatever, you don't have to come. You don't have to come up here. We can do it however y'all want to do it. But I feel like we ought to pray. If somebody does want to, you can. And we'll take the oil. We'll pray right quick. We'll be done by... We'll be done by 10 minutes till, I promise you. God can do more. You remember when the waters was troubled? The man, he couldn't get in because he didn't have a man. Well, hey, we don't need a man anymore. We got Jesus. There's one God, mediator between God and men, the man, 
Christ Jesus. We got him today. The Lord can do anything in here today. Y'all lift your hands and let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you today, Lord.